Konnichiwa. I am your host, Daniel Gubby Freeland, and this is the Prelim Primer, the one and only podcast fully dedicated to the curtain jerkers. Of course, I'm talking about those fighting on the prelims of upcoming UFC fight cards. This weekend is UFC Vegas 50. That is, of course, is Megamed Ankiyalev versus Tiago Santos. But as those of you who frequent the show know, we will not be breaking down that fight or any other fight on this main card because this here is the prelim primer where we only break down the prelim portion of the card. Now, for those of you who might be wondering, why just the prelim portion of the card? Why not break down the exciting main event action or the other great fights on this main card? The answer is really simple. Is we know you know who Magomed Ankiyev is or Drew Dober or Terrence McKinney or all these guys. But you probably don't know a lot of these names on the prelim, so we're here to give you the lowdown on those to make sure that if you're betting, doing daily fantasy sports, you know, maybe even just want to win a pick'em contest, you got the knowledge you need to do that. Now, before we get started, I do have to let you know that this episode is brought to you by Maroon Social, M-A-R-U-N-E. Maroon Social is the one and only social media app for the martial arts enthusiast. Whether you do kickboxing, judo, sambo, jiu-jitsu, or any other martial art, you can use Maroon Social to log your training sessions and do so much more. And I'll get into a few of those features a little bit later on in the show. But it's time to start talking fights. Um, you guys have gotten used to the fact that lately, occasionally, I have a solo episode. And that's exactly what we're going to do here today. So I am going to start breaking down these fights. And if, to order to do so, I'm going to start by putting five minutes on the clock. And I'm going to start this round by talking about Matthew Smellsberger versus AJ Fletcher. So Smellsberger, a veteran of the UFC at this point in time, he's three and one with his only loss coming to Chaos Williams. He, of course, last beat Martin Sano, the guy who didn't belong in the UFC by knockout back in September. Fletcher, meanwhile, is going to be making his UFC debut. He's nine and zero. He comes to us by way of the Contender Series. He was actually the first fight on this last season of the Contender Series where he knocked out Leonardo Diamini. By flying knee, uh, and because that was the first fight in the series, that was back in August. So the interesting facet of this fight for me is that both of these guys got big knockout power, but sort of come from wrestling backgrounds. They both like to get it down on the ground. They like to wrestle. Samelis Berger has gotten away from that a little bit, and, and on the Contender Series, AJ Fletcher did as well. So it'll be interesting to see which of these two tries to take this fight to the mat. If I had to guess, AJ Fletcher makes a lot more sense to be the one to try to take it to the map because he's given up tons of reach in this fight. I really do think it's going to be quite a problem for him. So for that reason alone, I'm pretty much picking Matthew Smellisberger. I think AJ Fletcher is going to have to reach. He's going to have to really try to get at Matthew Smellisberger, and I just don't think he'll be able to do that. So yeah, I'm going to take Matthew Smellisberger here. I'll say he gets done by knockout again. And that brings me to my second fight, which is J.J. Aldrich versus Jillian Robertson. Aldrich, two-fight winning streak. She beat Courtney Casey and Vanessa Demopoulos, both by decisions, the latter of which was back in August. Robertson, meanwhile, snapped her two-fight losing streak by beating Priscilla Cachoeira by rear naked choke back in December. She also nearly damn near got her eyes gouged out in that fight, um, which was a pretty crazy thing to watch. So uh, for me in this fight, this one all comes down to grappling because J.J. Aldrich has leaned on her grappling a little bit in the last couple of fights. I don't expect her to here, but it'll be interesting to see whether or not now fighting somebody who, you know, not to, to make light of her previous wins, but th this is finally somebody who belongs in her weight class. You know, she fought Courtney Casey, a 115er coming up. She fought Vanessa Demopoulos on short notice a 115 are coming up. So now she's got to deal with somebody who's actually got a little bit more size. And while I think Aldrich might have a slight striking advantage in this fight, I, I think she could probably outbox Robertson. 
I don't think she's going to be able to stay away from those takedowns. I think Robertson's going to hit those takedowns. I think she's going to hit enough of them that if she can't get the sub, she she wins. But I'm actually going to take her by submission here. I, I think Jillian Robertson gets the sub uh, probably after wearing down J.J. Aldrich for quite a while. And that brings us to our third fight here in this first round, which is Javid Bashara versus Trevin Jones. Jones had a two-fight winning streak in the UFC, and he lost that to, with a submission, a, a guillotine technical submission to Sedyakov Krokramanov back in August. Bashara, meanwhile, 11-0, making his debut. He beat Orion Collin by guillotine on his contender series bout back in October. And for me, this one is all Bashara. I, I was really high on him on the regional circuit, not just on the contender series. The guy has got great submission skills. His wrestling is kind of underrated, but I also think he could probably strike with Trevin Jones. I, ultimately, I just like him better in pretty much every facet of this game here. I think he could probably wrestle Jones down, wear him down, work it on the floor. I think he could probably outstrike him. I think ultimately what's going to happen here is he's going to hit one of those takedowns. He's going to get himself in an advantageous position. He's going to sink in that sub. So my official pick here is going to be Javid Bashara by submission. And that's going to do it for the end of the first round. I'm going to take a quick break. I'll be right back with round number two. All right, guys. Well, I wanted to tell you about one more feature that I really love about Maroon Social, and that is their ability to log competitions. If you're a guy like me and you've done a ton of competitions, you really want that record. You want to know how you've done in past competitions. You want a way to remember it. So for me, I love the fact that they've got it all in one spot. It's easy to share with your friends and ultimately a great, great feature. But it's only one of many. I'll be back after round number two with one more that you should check out. And we are back with round number two. I, of course, am going to put another five minutes on this clock. And we're going to start this round by talking about a matchup that I'm really excited about, and that's Damon Jackson versus Camuela Kirk. So Jackson was in the UFC a really long time ago. He got caught. He fought his way through PFL and a whole bunch of other organizations. And since coming back, he's 2-1, including a win over Mirsad Bechtik, which was an incredible come-from-behind guillotine win. Of course, he last won by beating Charles Rosa by unanimous decision back in October, about where he really just, like, outgrappled the grappler in, in Charles Rosa. Camilla Kirk, meanwhile, uh, was on the Contender Series. He did not get a contract and wound up back in the UFC anyway. And he got a short notice fight against Makwan Amir Khani back in June, and he won that fight by unanimous decision, largely by just attacking off of his back more than Makwan Amir Khani was attacking on top. Kind of crazy to people. Nobody saw it coming. Was a huge underdog. Now, he really couldn't stop the takedowns, which is, is part of what has me here picking Damon Jackson. Uh, I'm, I'll, I'll bury the lead here a little bit. I'm like Damon Jackson in this fight because Kirk does give up a ton of takedowns. That's always kind of been the knock on him. So if he's going to give him up here against Damon Jackson, his only hope is to counter Damon Jackson I or, you know, throw up tons of subs off of his back and look good. But Jackson stays active. And I, I don't think Makwan Amir Khani did that enough, uh, which ultimately cost him the fight. I think Jackson will. In addition to that, I really like Jackson's uh, boxing here comparatively to Makwan Amir Khani, who sometimes looks a little flat on his feet. So I'll take David Jackson here. I'll take him by decision. 
And that brings me to a uh, flyweight fight, women's flyweight fight between Sabina Mazo and Miranda Maverick. Mazo back-to-back losses to Alexis Davis and Maria Agapova. Uh, Akpova beat her by rear naked choke back in October. That's a, a win that I feel like didn't, or a loss rather, that I feel like didn't age all of that well. Because Agapova looked pretty flat on the ground last time out. She absolutely beasted Sabina Mazo. She stunned her on the feet and on the way down took the back for the rear naked choke. So it was a really impressive win for Agapova. Um, but like I said, again, that maybe not aged so well in terms of the loss for Mazo. Maverick Wing Mile has back-to-back losses. It's kind of a weird set, though, because the loss to Macy Barber, I think we can all agree, wasn't a loss. Macy Barber uh, was gifted that fight by the judges. Uh, and then the loss to, to Aaron Blanchfield, which was... A very legitimate loss with Aaron Blanchfield just absolutely manhandling Miranda Maverick. So here's the thing. Do do you trust that uh, Mazo is going to look a little bit better? Or do you worry that Miranda Maverick is going to be the Miranda Maverick who got beat up by Aaron Blanchfield? The answer is I just think Aaron Blanchfield is that damn good. And I don't worry at all about Miranda Maverick. Uh, I'm definitely taking Miranda Maverick in this fight. I think... With Sabina Mazo having a lot of trouble keeping Alexis Davis off of her and, and giving up the Renegade choke to Maria Agapova, I really think Miranda Maverick is going to have a field day on the mat with Sabina Mazo. So log that one in your ledger. You know, if you're checking out places that have got props, take the over on takedowns for Miranda Maverick for sure in this one. Yeah, I'm going Miranda Maverick all day. Uh, and I'll say by decision, too, if, if, if you're making me pick one. And that brings me to my last fight in this year's second round, and that's Dolce Lugiambula versus Cody Brundage. Lugiambula, one and two in his last three. He dropped a decision to Mark andre Barrio back in December, or uh, in September, rather, and it was by decision. That loss largely came on the heels of just being kind of tired and losing late rounds to Mark andre Barrio. Brundage, meanwhile, uh, was on the Contender Series. He lost to William Knight up at light heavyweight. Then he took a short-notice debut against Nick Maximoff, which he lost by decision back in September. So, again, you know, we I talked briefly about Lugiambula having a little bit of trouble with his gas tank, and I really think that this comes into play here because Cody Brundage is a wrestler who knows how to turn it up on the gas. So, uh, and, and we saw him take down William Knight, which is not nothing. Uh, and, and yeah, he did struggle with Nick Maximoff. I think people are writing him off because of that. But hey, Nick Maximoff has shown he's a really great grappler. We saw him do that to uh, to Punahele Soriano. So, I mean, I, I think we can probably justify that that Cody Brundage lost, chalk it up to a good opponent, and uh, still feel comfortable taking him here at dog money against... Uh, against Dolce Lugiambula. So I'll take Cody Brundage. I'll say he gets it done with the decision. Again, I think uh, he's probably just going to grind it out. And that's going to do it for our second round. I'm going to take a quick break. We will be right back with those last two fights. Hey guys, another really cool feature about Maroon Social, which by the way, you can download wherever you download apps. That's M-A-R-U-N-E. But one of the really cool features of it is that you can tag training partners. So if you're working out with training partners and maybe you, you've got a guy who comes to train to your gym only once in a while, you can see when he pops into your gym, all he's got to do is put a little tag in there and say, hey man, I'm I'm at your gym this week. Or maybe you just see him post one of his logs of his, his recent training. It's one of the coolest ways to keep tabs on the people you like to train with and just what's going on in your gym on a day-to-day basis. You get to see other people's notes. You get to tap the little OS button when you want to give 
give a little shout out to people. It's like the like button, but it's BJJ styled. So even if you're not doing jujitsu, I highly suggest using it to log those training sessions and checking on your training partners. Once again, that's Maroon Social, wherever it is, you download apps. All right, guys, we are back for round number three. I'm going to put another five minutes on the clock. And we're going to start this round by talking about Guido Canetti versus Chris Mutino. This is a weird fight, guys. Uh, I actually talked about this fight on another podcast recently. And uh, my co-host in that one really was all about fading both of them. Because neither of them have looked great as a late. Chris Mutino, of course, made that debut against Sean O'Malley. Who looks good against Sean O'Malley? But he got the hell beat out of him really badly. That fight was all the way back in July. It's taken him a while to recover. He's finally back here in the second week of March getting a chance to fight again. And who's standing across from him? 42-year-old Guido Canetti, who has lost three in a row and hasn't won since May of 2018. He, of course, lost Mana Martinez last time out. Uh, That was back in August, and it was by split decision. And I actually want to talk about the fact that that's by split decision, because that's a loss. You know, I talked about losses aging well or not aging well. That's a loss that has aged exceptionally well. Uh, Mano Martinez went out there and looked stellar his last time out. I've got a lot of faith in Mano Martinez. I, I think that dude is legit. And for Guido Canetti to go in there and strike, you know, he went toe-to-toe with that man. I'm really impressed. And I think he's a guy who I think people are sleeping on with this play. I, I see out there that Chris Mutino is a favorite. I've actually seen that line move a little bit in his favor as well. I think this one is right for an underdog pick. I like Guido Canetti a lot in this fight. I think he outstrikes Chris Mutino. I don't think Mutino's wrestling is enough to get it done. I'll just be honest. As a guy in the Northeast who's really loved watching Chris Mutino, I've maybe not been the most impressed with him from time to time in some of his losses, like the Brandon Sear loss or, or stuff like that. So, yeah, I'm going to take Guido Canetti here. I'm going to say he gets it done by decision. Mutino is so tough. You, you can't put that dude away. I mean, even Sean O'Malley didn't, so... Who would bet for him to get put away? And that brings me to my last fight, which is Tapon and Chukwi versus Azamat Mirzakhanov. So Chukwi 2-1 in the UFC. He bounced back from a loss to Jungyong Park, which was a really bad loss where he got tripped 750,000 times. Uh, but he picked up a decision win over Mike Rodriguez back in September. Mirzakhanov, another guy making his UFC debut. Another guy coming off the contender series. Of course, he beat Matthew Scheffel by knockout back in August. So one of the earlier uh, events for the, the contender series this year. He's 10-0 in his career. I'm going Merzakhanov here. Um, first of all, it, it's a little bit of a fade of Chukwi. Uh, I think sometimes his fight IQ is not great. And I also think he's a guy who just needs to kind of like throw bombs or or ultimately I, I don't think he does all that well. So I don't think that that strategy works well against a guy like Merzakhanov who can back you up, back you up, back you up, put your back against the cage and make you work. So um, I'm going to take... Merzakhanov here, I think he gets it done with KO. I I think he's going to just wear on him, put his back up against the cage, maybe even wrestle him a little bit, wear him out, and then just put him away. So yeah, I'll take Osmot Merzakhanov by KO. I'll take it in the late second, early third round. And that's going to do it for the end of the third round. I gave you guys a quick breakdown of all eight fights. It might have been a little shorter because it is just me here. Don't worry. I will be joined by one of your favorite co-hosts again next week for UFC London. That's right. They're going back abroad. So make sure you check out that episode, which, of course, will be dropping in the middle of next week. Uh, And in the meantime, you can follow all my workings at Gumby Vreeland on Twitter. I'll see you next week.